Riverside. Welcome everybody to Garage Takes. It is season three, episode two. Joined by my co-host Brant. Brant, how are you tonight? Doing great, Dave. Uh, after a little bit of a hiatus, we're back and we're talking Michigan football today. Yep, we will be getting right into it, and we uh, we hope to drop a couple of clips on YouTube again. We dropped one on the Lions back in episode one. Uh, went over really well. That was our first time doing that, so we're hoping to bring more of co- more content like that as well over to the YouTube channel. Um, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review five star rating goes a long way also if you could subscribe to the garage takes youtube channel as well that you should be seeing come out here shortly on facebook we would greatly appreciate it but brant we are going to hop right in because it has been a few week hiatus since we went live with episode one because life happened um and life happened a quick congratulations to Pat and Allison, uh, the recent newlyweds that Brant and I had an opportunity to celebrate their wedding this past weekend. So uh, congratulations, Pat and Allison. Loyal followers of the show, wouldn't you say, Brant? Absolutely. Uh, Just a great couple. It was a great weekend. Beautiful Traverse City setting. Uh, It was a fabulous weekend. It sure was. It sure was. Um, And I know Pat wants us to hop right in to talk Michigan football, so let's do it. Brant, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the coach of the Michigan Wolverines for all 12 games or so we think. Um, This has been a whirlwind, right? You hear about this months ago. It was basically Harbaugh going to the NFL, and then he wasn't going to the NFL, all mixed in with the Matt Weiss stuff and what he was doing on the computers. He gets fired. Harbaugh under investigation from the NCAA for um, cheeseburger gate or however you want to make fun of that, but basically doing some recruiting during the dead period during COVID times that he should not have been doing. Um, NCAA says that he was not cooperative or forthcoming with information, says he doesn't remember, um, could not recall. And uh, so I think the NCAA is pretty fed up with Jim Harbaugh, and this is kind of what Jim Harbaugh does, right? Everywhere he goes, he, he is not... He, he is not going to cave into to anybody, and um, I think the NCAA is frustrated. I think fans are frustrated with the NCAA, their inconsistency, the way they rule on things, the way they arbitrarily say that's four games, but someone else who does something ten times worse may either get two games or just a, you know, a little slap on the wrist. Maybe they get even higher punishment. I mean, it's just so inconsistent across everywhere, which I think is people's frustration, whether you're a Michigan fan or not. The NCAA is quite laughable. But they come back around after the rumor came out that uh, Jim Harbaugh would be suspended for four games, and um, that was right before Big Ten media days. And then we find out uh, just over the weekend that Jim Harbaugh is not going to be suspended four games this year. Um, But they are punting this to the uh, the discipline committee or whatever they're called for the NCAA. Whoever, whoever makes up that committee, I don't know. Um, but they're going to punt this to potentially next season in 2024. Brant, your thoughts about all of this and the impact it has on this the Michigan Wolverines? Uh, no impact on the Michigan Wolverines this season. I think it was 
a way to grab headlines the way that the NCAA likes to grab headlines. Stay <laughs> relevant, I guess. Um, obviously, they were upset that he couldn't remember what happened. I'm not going to say lie because <laughs> I'll take him at his word for it. Whatever. I don't care, Dave. For me, it's a non-starter, right? Like, it, it doesn't matter in the long run uh, whether he gets four games this year. Maybe he gets four games next year. Maybe he's not here next year, Dave, right? We talked about that. Um, but I, I, it wasn't going to make up or make or break for this team either way if Jim Harbaugh was on the sidelines for those first four games. However, I think this speaks to the bigger problem that the NCAA has, which is these conference commissioners need to get together and get themselves a czar of college football, if you will, get someone that is a Roger Goodell of college football and just start regulating some of this conference realignment with NIL um, and transfer portal, get all of these things under control and just have five voices come to one voice and then give it to the media or give it to the fans or whatever. But it's, it is just a nightmare right now. Um, And I say five commissioners, but really I could only mean four because the PAC 12 has apparently fallen apart, Dave, (laughs) this summer. So uh, also that's a mess. So I think college football definitely needs one person to uh, kind of step in and just start kind of forming what college football will look like moving forward with a 12 team playoff. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, the NCAA is an absolute mess. Uh, this situation is an absolute mess. Um, I don't think it. Ha- I I don't think it has any impact on this season. Quite frankly, um, I don't think it would have if he was suspended the four games. I think Michigan. You know, they're they've everybody knows it's no secret to anyone. They've got a cupcake schedule through the month of September. I mean, you can argue that Rutgers opens Big Ten play. Uh, you know, right at the end of that would have been suspension. But Michigan was going to win those four games. Harbaugh could have coached through all the practices. Um, he just couldn't have been there at the game. So um, I was fully prepared for it. Um, I mean, it is what it is. It's kind of whatever at this point. The NCAA has needed leadership for a very long time. When I look at what a mess the NCAA is right now with, as you named it, the the NIL stuff, the transfer portal stuff. I mean, these are bigger fish to fry. I'm not saying that there should not be consequences uh, because you broke the rules um, or allegedly broke the rules, then there's consequences. So I'm not, I'm not against it. It's just interesting to me, right, where the NCAA tends to focus their energy when everything else is on fire. It's like, well, maybe we can figure out this Harbaugh situation. He's kind of annoying and weird, and, you know, they're trying to, try to make a point. Um, but, Brant, i, I got a follow-up question for you because let me play devil's advocate. If this was Ryan Day... And this was the exact same situation, recruiting during the dead period, not being truthful or forthcoming, um, and then we and it unfolds and it unravels just like this. Then all of a sudden he's not suspended. As a Michigan fan, your perception change on, on, on any of that? In the past probably, but today, in today's age, Dave, I don't care. Like, you could tell me that Saban was doing this, that Kirby Smart was doing this, Brian Day. Insert coach name. I don't care. Like, the transfer portal has changed everything. NIL has changed everything. Like, if you told me that, uh, you know, Kyle McCord was getting a million dollars to stay with the Buckeyes, whatever, or C.J. Stroud came back and he made $2 million, like, what do I – I don't care. Like, you just have to go win the games on the field, Dave. And at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. I really wouldn't care, like – I know that they are upset. Ohio State fans are upset because Jim Trussell, in a different era, 
got in trouble for the tattoo gate, whatever. Um, and he ended up losing his job, obviously. But this is a totally different era that we're dealing with, Dave. And all these kids are getting paid. And it's just a different era, man. It, it is. I think the Trussell thing is interesting. Um, I, Yeah, it's very interesting to me. Because, I mean, you can argue, though, that this recruiting thing was pre-NIL, right? And before things maybe got super crazy. I mean, I can't remember. Maybe the transfer portal was happening at that point. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that uh, we just have to, to look at this, right, like take off the, the go blue glasses and, and and look at this for what it is and say, yeah, I'm with you, Brant, to be honest with you. The NCAA is a mess. I think we both are in agreement that – if you break the rules, there should be consequences of some sort. But can we get some consistency? Can we get some leadership? Because we don't have it, and we haven't had it. What are the rules there? Like, you can't sit down and be like, I know the rules. You don't know don't the know. rules. Nobody yeah. knows the rules. Yeah, ne- Jameson Williams doesn't know the rules. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, that's, <laughs> that's funny. Mm. But, you know, I, I get where you're going with it. And I just think at the end of the day, someone someone has got to get these – football teams together and and figure out a way to evenly disperse money nil transfer portal conference realignment get everybody on the same page because dave you've already said uh bring your broom it's a mess yeah so last question here before we move on and talking um michigan's upcoming season the 10 and a half win total we will get to that shortly but an interesting point was brought up by uh mike valeni and Rico Beard on 97.1 earlier this week on local radio. And I wanted to get your take on this because while those guys annoy me to a certain extent, I thought Valeni made an interesting point or, or just something to think about, which is did Harbaugh kick the can down the road to the discipline to next year because he knows that this team in this season is the best chance that he's going to have to win a national championship, which I don't think anybody could. You can't really argue that point. This is the best chance that he's had to win a national championship. The roster he's bringing in, um, does he know that? And is he going to go into next year knowing that he's probably leaving the program? Whether that is the NFL, I mean, I think you can argue. The NFL clearly, Jim Harbaugh clearly wants the NFL, and they do not want him. Um but maybe he rides off into the sunset. God knows what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. But I think it's an interesting point to say, would that that would just be the most Harbaugh thing ever, right? Like he knows this discipline is coming. He scapegoats it this year so he can coach this season and go one last chance at a national championship, maybe one last time with J.J. McCarthy as his starting quarterback. And then, you know, maybe he heads out after this and he never even serves that consequence insert Sharon Moore into the head coaching gig next year. I mean, I'm just, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I guess my question is, what is your thoughts on that? Like, do you, do you think that this tees up a scenario where Harbaugh kicked the can down the road because he knows he's not coming back? No, Dave, I don't. I, I think it was a matter of, um, I, I don't know if he, if he thinks he can get back in the NFL or not. I, I would obviously push it out too if I was going to leave. I think there's always a chance he ends up leaving, but I think this goes back to the same point of the NCAA is so toothless that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan sat there and said, don't give up. Just just keep pushing them until apparently they're going to waffle because they're so toothless. So I think they just, they had to wait the NCAA out, and they did. And 
I, they would have had a serious revolt. I mean, I don't know if the NCAA would have had people on the sidelines. Like, if Arbaugh was like, I'm going to walk out on that field. I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I'm going to do it. Like, did they blink first, Dave? Because that's what I think actually ended up happening was, I mean, sure, kicking the can down the road is an interesting theory, but I think it has more to do with the fact of they just pushed the NCAA to make a move. And in the past, Dave, the NCAA wouldn't have let them get away with it because they had a little more teeth to them. Since the NIL era, they're scared of everything. I, I think I think you're you're right in the sense like who's going to blink first. I think Harbaugh and his attorney called their bluff. I think there's a lack of evidence here. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It sounds like it probably did. Um, right. But I think there's a lack of evidence, and where there's a lack of evidence, there's a lack of wrongdoing that you can be convicted of. And I think the NCAA forced their hand to say – Look, we know. Just take the punishment. All you have to do is say, I messed up. You can still coach at practices. You can't be at these four cupcake games. And Jim Harbaugh looked him dead in the eye and said, nope, still don't remember. And I think he's just, he is calling, calling the bluff. So, you know what? As somebody that cannot stand the lack of leadership in the NCAA, I'm all in for this. This is all good. Let the let the show continue. Let Jim Harbaugh coach this season out. Let's, uh, let's see how this shakes out. So, Shifting then into this season. Brant, over under win totals right now, surprising to no one, um, I, I would think anyway, uh, sits at 10.5 wins in Vegas for Michigan. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we are both taking the over on that. Is that accurate? That's absolutely accurate, Dave. Okay. So let, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I, I, I think that the what's the first pause in the schedule for you um so you get through september then what dave you know where i'm going right we're we're, <laughs> we're going to happy valley nope oh i've got an i've got another game that i've got circled dave i've got one too do you does yours take place in east lansing no oh mine doesn't either mine actually takes place uh in uh, Nebraska. Min- no, my takes oh. place in Minneapolis. Oh. I think that we might have a tougher time with Minnesota. And let me explain why, Dave, um, if you don't mind. If you want to go first, you can. Please, please. No, okay. I have, a, I have this sneaking suspicion that Minnesota is one of those teams that is just as physical as Michigan. They are up front, push you around. They want to run the ball. They want to take the ball away from you. Um and they just pose some physical presence that I don't think Michigan is going to have seen until they, until they walk into the road into Minneapolis. And that will be the first time that they actually get physically tested. And they're like, man, we can't just go out there and push these guys down. And Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards can uh, run for 250 yards combined. Like, I think they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, we actually have to do something different. And, Dave, would that surprise you if it happened to be just some sort of night game atmosphere that we're tied up at half it starts getting itchy in the third quarter and all of a sudden pj flex on the sidelines got his guys absolutely riled up night environment i could just see that all happening like that man kind of like nebraska was a couple years ago i hope so i mean i i have a similar feeling for nebraska to be honest with you it's the same sort of thought that um and obviously you don't know what the matt rule factor is in nebraska and i don't need to bring up all the reasons why, I, not that the game concerns me, but I just think it's one to watch. I think it's easy to look at Michigan's schedule and say, well, they just got to beat Ohio State and then 
Penn State's getting some love this year too, and we can talk about that in a second. I think it will be good for for this Michigan team to be tested against a Minnesota, to be tested against a Nebraska. I think it was good for them last year to be tested by Illinois. Um, I mean, that 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 game was just about a loss, right? If Jake Moody doesn't come in and hit that field goal, um, that's a loss. That yeah, people they lose were, that game. Were, yep. Right, like they were not thinking Mich- this Michigan team was going to struggle with Illinois. This Michigan team that everyone is on the hype train uh, with, and, and myself included, they will run into a Big Ten opponent or two that is going to scare you. And it's always interesting. I think you, you learn the, the true grit of a team and how they respond to that, right? Obviously, you can measure it by a win, but how do they respond? Because Michigan team last year, I mean, Brandt, they had close games, right? Even against Rutgers, like... But they were a second-half team. They they, they were. Um, and, and they really relied on that all year too much so, you know, until they, until it caught them and bit them in the butt against TCU, right? But that was kind of the MO of that team was even when faced against adversity, they were, they were going to come out and destroy you in the second half. They were going to win in the trenches. They were going to wear you down, and they were going to bust the thing wide open. You would think that that's a similar identity to this team, but we don't know yet. It's a new team, right? While you have a lot of returning guys, you also have people who left, and um, I think they could be battle-tested early on. I like the Minnesota call. Yeah, no, and Dave, that's the second leg. So they head to Nebraska first, which I think they will be up for, but you know, those back-to-back road trips, you know, you can get tired. You can be not focused, uh, especially if Minnesota happens to be 4-2, and 4-1, and one, you know, 3-2, and two, whatever it might, might be the case. You might be sleeping on them a little bit. And this isn't just for Michigan, Dave. Remember Georgia last year? They go into Missouri, kind of a sleepy game, whatever. All of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, it's a three-point game. Yep. And they're, they're calling on Brock Bowers to make unbelievable plays to pull him out of the fire. And that, Dave, so we're not just talking about Michigan. We're talking about Georgia's going to do this. Alabama's going to do Ohio State is going to do this against somebody this year. It, it happens every single year to almost every single team, Dave, right, where it's like, man, you better flip over right now because it's in the third quarter and it's getting late in the third quarter. It, it is a three-point ball game, seven-point ball game. And uh, when teams are on the road, weird things happen, man. And it's a one drop. It's one fumble here. It's one tip ball here other way <laughs> you know it's, how it one, goes. it's one jj it's one jj mccarthy injury yeah. away too i mean luckily you can lean on blake and donovan but i mean both of them blake we saw what happened to him last year injuries happened donovan played with a club on his hand like most yeah. of the year jj mccarthy goes down or has to take a half out he rolls his ankle like whatever it is you're on the road yeah we're going to see what the team is made of. Those are the games that I'm looking forward to. Like, of course I want to see September and, like, you know, pat ourselves on the back of how good our team is and how great they look. But the, the reality is, like, I can't wait till Big Ten play to see when they do get tested, how they respond. Yeah, and Dave, this is, this is the wrong show to come to if you're a Michigan fan and you're looking for us to say, oh, well, J.J. was injured, so we lost. Like, that's not an excuse this year. You are good enough to get everything done that you need to get done and it's next man up. There is no excuses for losing the game just because you may have lost your quarterback or you lost your running back. I mean, we saw it down in Columbus last year. Heisman candidate Blake Corum, like, goes down. You did exactly what you need to do. Insert Donovan Edwards, win football game. We are not going to be making excuses out here for injuries, right? No. 
Nope. Cer- cer- certainly will not be. Um, no. I. Yeah, this is not the, not the show for you if you want us to make excuses when it comes to that. This team is deep enough and should be prepared enough to be able to step in and get the job done. Um, so we're both over on the 10.5 thing. Let's go to, to Penn State for just a second. Because that is, I mean, outside of Ohio State, um, and I don't even... We, we can do Ohio State in a different episode. Yeah, we know sure. about the QB competition. We know the Devin Brown, Kyle McCourt thing, whatever. Ohio State's going to be a really good team. They just are. Um, we, we know that. History shows us that. Um, Penn State's on the on the up and up. James Franklin is still their head coach. Maybe that gives you some some confidence. Uh, but Drew Aller, five, former five-star quarterback, gets his shot. Sean Clifford no longer there. Feels like it's been a decade, but he's no longer the quarterback. Are you buying the Penn State hype? I know it's early. I know, obviously, we haven't seen this team play yet. They they return Nick Singleton, another really good running back. You buying into Penn State? I'm buying eighty percent of the stock, Dave. I'm I'm there with them. I just I've got to see all their play. Like I've got to see him actually insert. Like I knew exactly what I was getting with Sean Clifford, and. Um, I knew what to expect when he when he took over in games, and that was usually just a guy that's going to grit you out and be in the game, right? But maybe not ever win you that big game. Now they say that Aller's going to be the kid that comes in and like how JJ did last year, you know, goes into Columbus and, and storms the place. Basically, that's what they're expecting Aller to be. And you know what, Dave? They have two dynamite running backs. I know you know that they have an offensive line that is good, uh, maybe not great, but good. And their defensive line and their defense, Dave, you know every single year is going to be probably yep. top 20. I, I mean, they're going to be absolutely great. And g- traveling into Happy Valley is never a fun task. Uh, thank God it's at noon and not 730. I know that both of us are, are very thankful for that. But, you know, they, they have, like, all Big Ten players on their team, though. I mean, um, I know the defensive player, Chop Robinson, he's an absolute beast. He's going to be a first-round draft pick someday. And um, gives you, like, Micah Parsons vibes, which is absolutely <laughs> devastatingly scary. Uh, but, no, that trip, to, that trip to Happy Valley, that's going to, like, really show you what Michigan is, though. Like, even though we talked about Nebraska and Minnesota and maybe a trip to East Lansing before that, those are still a different echelon. That's not Tier 1 Big Ten football. Traveling to Happy Valley, Penn State is Tier 1 football, and we're going to see what we're made of. I agree. What I always find interesting about Michigan and Penn State is they recruit a lot of the same kids. Yeah. They 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 kind of hit the same pipeline. So the a lot of these players on both sides um, of that game, they they know the coaching staff. They, they it adds. I wouldn't say it's a rivalry game, uh, but it kind of feels like it at times. And and going into Happy Valley is a is a really tough environment. I cannot wait for for that game. Happy it's not a night game like you said, but I can't wait for that one. Grant, so let's just play this out and say things are going really well, whether it's 11-1 or 12-0, or, and they get to the college football playoff again, they don't get it done. I don't know. Maybe they win a game, losing the national championship to Georgia. I, like, I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. If Michigan doesn't win a national championship this year, is the season a failure? And will we look back on this five years from now, ten years from now, as the woulda, coulda, shoulda season and look at it as a failure, even if they beat Ohio State, even if they 
win another Big Ten championship? Is it looked at as a failure if they don't bring home a national championship this year? Yes, Dave. Absolutely, this is a failure of a season if you do not get it done. That makes me more nervous than I've ever been. You know what I mean? But uh, just truth be told, this team has everything that it takes to win a national championship. Seasoned quarterback, uh, as seasoned quarterback as you can find in today's uh, college football. Great offensive line, great defensive line, backs spectacular. I think the wide receiver room leaves a little question marks, Dave, right? Like, we do have some question marks in the receiver room. Uh, you know, potentially the secondary, who will be the second corner, but I don't think anything where we're like, oh my gosh, this could be a sore spot of this team. But right. overall, I think navigating the schedule, if you can stay injury-free enough, um, then then you're going to be there right in the end. And to, and to not to be able to pull it off, I think, will be a major disappointment for all Michigan fans. And if you're happy that we made the college football playoff for the third time we lost in the first round, then I got nothing for you. That's, uh, that's I can't not help you. <laughs> I can't. I got, I got nothing for you, man. I, and I, to be honest, I don't get that take for those who have. I'm in your corner. I, I agree. It's national championship or bus. It, it's horrible to say that because you set yourself up for failure. It is so hard to win a national championship. Um, it's going to get a lot harder even after this year, but it is so hard to win a national championship. But to say that's the expectation or failure, you're we're setting ourselves up for failure. Um, however, they have the team, they have the roster, they have no excuses to not go and win a national championship. Sure, wide receiver room could 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 use some upgrades or at least some players to kind of step up. Um, you can look at that second cornerback spot, right? I, maybe that's a weakness. I don't know. Josh Wallace looks like he's been a solid transfer to come in, maybe buy a, Mar- a Marianne Walker some time. But truly, you look this roster up and down, there's no reason why it shouldn't be national championship or bust. And I think it's a, it's a loser mentality to go into it and say, well, yeah, but we just beat Ohio State again. But we won another Big Ten championship. Well, when do you take the next step? If not this year, then when? Um, things are gonna things are gonna get challenging uh, a- after this year. I mean, they're challenging enough as is to go in and beat a team like Georgia. The thought of a 12-team playoff and having to be, to to beat a Texas or an Alabama or a Tennessee or an LSU before you even go play a team like a Georgia um, or a USC or well, you know, whatever. It's going to get interesting. Or even a team like Utah, right? Like, Utah's a team I never want to play in the postseason. Like, they're just so gritty, and those teams are, are going to be there, and they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat. So, yeah, it's an national championship or bust. You've heard, you know, Jim Harbaugh won't, won't use that term. In fact, he will say people aren't saying that. He doesn't know where that's coming from. Uh, just listen to the players. They'll tell you that. Blake, Blake Corum will tell you that. He, he will say it's national championship or bust. Um, he, he is back not only because of, I'm sure, NIL, but he, he did not end last season the way he wanted to, being on the bench and being injured. So, yeah, he's back. Chris Jenkins is back. Mike, Mikey Samer's still back. Like, these guys are are fully equipped to go ahead and, and, and make a run at a, at a national championship. Um, Brand, I do have just, just kind of speaking of the roster for just a second, uh, before we wrap up this this episode, and I'll open it up if you have any other thoughts on the Michigan season. Who I'm, I'm wondering who some X factors might be, or or some sleepers that 
um, even if people know their names on the offensive and defensive side of the ball that you think could significantly contribute this year to this Michigan team outside of a JJ or Donovan or Blake, obviously, or um, I mean on the defense or outside of Will Johnson, right on the defense, like who who do you see as some significant contributors that people might be forgetting about? You know, I think a lot of uh, Michigan fans would point to um, Colston Loveland or Cornelius Johnson and say, hey, these guys could be really good receivers or lead the team in receiving. I think uh, some people are sleeping on Roman Wilson. I really think he, if he can have a healthy year, he can really break. I, I, Dave, I know we don't talk about 1,000-yard receivers on this team, but he seems like a guy that can take it the distance at any time, and he could get you – I could see him going for anywhere from – I know this sounds crazy for Michigan football. Eight to 12 touchdowns in the season and over 1,000 yards, which would be just a fabulous season for a Michigan wide receiver. I don't know when the last time a receiver <laughs> did that. But you know what I'm talking about? Like Roman yeah. Wilson could be definitely one of those sleeper players. Uh, I really like him. And then uh, on the defensive side, Dave, and I might be stealing yours, I don't know, but I just I love everything I'm hearing about Josiah Stewart. Like, I know that he's got that motor that is just go, go, go. I saw him in the spring game. He popped to me. Um, and that it's going to be one of those positions where, Dave, I think you're going to see multiple substitutions, as you should. That should be one of your deepest positions as edge players. Like, you know what, you might only get two plays on this series, so you know what, go out there and give it your all every single snap. So I would love to see what he has uh, coming in at the Coastal Carolina transfer. I, yeah, it, and he, he will be coming off the edge, and they say that he is, like, in stature, maybe smaller than than you would normally see at that position, but he plays with just a fire and a tenacity in him to get to the quarterback, and you did see it in the spring game. I love that. Love that pick. I'll stick with edge for a second. Just a guy who I think might take that. I don't want to say the Aiden Hutchinson step because that is a big exaggeration. He was the number two overall pick. But I think Braden McGregor is somebody who has been in the system that he may not he, he he may not be the guy, but he's going to be a significant contributor. And he's been on this team. I believe he's a senior now, and he's been waiting for his opportunity. I think he's going to get it this year. Um, and I think they're going to rotate through a lot of different players and packages um, to keep these guys fresh. I think McGregor is somebody who, who's going to significantly con, uh, contribute. And another guy as well, <coughs> excuse me, would be uh, Mikey Sainer still. He has been on this team now for, what, like five years or, or maybe six years? I don't know. He's, he's another one like Michael Barrett. It seems like he's been here forever. I just think that leadership matters, and his voice in that locker room on the defensive side of the ball, I think he is going to, to – command that entire group and is going to make a significant impact. It may not show up in a box score or in the stats, but I think he's going to be really, really good and kind of take that next step at that nickelback sort of uh, position. Um, I guess on the offensive side of the ball, I will say that I hope whoever wide receiver three is uh, behind Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson, and Roman Wilson's the home run threat, as you as you named. I mean, you saw it really last season before he got dinged up. It was like every time he touched the ball, he was taken off for a touchdown. Um, I think Tyler Morris is somebody that I'm going to keep my eye on. 
Now, you know I'm a huge Darius Clemens fan, and I think whenever, if he ever sees the field in a Michigan uniform, I'm starting to kind of doubt that. I just don't hear enough about him. Um, but, man, he's got just got an NFL body. Kind of reminds me of, like, a DK Metcalf. I know that's exaggerating, but love Darius Clemens. I just think Tyler Morris, from everything that I have heard and everything that I have read and seen, he seems like Ronnie Bell 2.0. He seems like the safety blanket receiver. And I think when you say possession receiver, it's like it almost comes with a meh, like you're a possession receiver. You need those guys. You need your Ronnie Bells. You need somebody you can check it down to and give you eight receptions in a game for 60 yards. And I think Tyler Morris is going to be that guy for J.J. They were high school teammates. Um, they've got, The chemistry is already there. You've heard J.J. comment on him publicly now several times. I think Tyler Morris is going to be a sneaky pick. Um outside of your your guys like your Colson Lovelands, Roman Wilson, that, that kind of thing, and obviously the the running back. So um, last question for you, Brant, and then, then we can get on out of here. Do you think J.J. McCarthy finishes in the top five Heisman voting? Is this yeah. the season that a Michigan quarterback breaks out? I'll say yes. Oh wow! I'll, okay, I'll, I'll say fifth. <laughs> that's fine. I, that's fine. I'll When's the last fifth. time a Michigan quarterback has been there? And here's the other thing: if he can put up, let's say he just so to get in there, you probably need at least thirty touchdowns. Let's say he has, I don't know, thirty-five hundred yards, whatever it is, maybe four thousand yards. Um, they people that vote on the Heisman don't watch the games. They'll just know the name J.J. McCarthy, and they'll know Michigan quarterback, CFP team. Okay, he can go to New York. And that's the saddest thing about the Heisman these days is they've and – I, and I know you know this too, is like they've got to reduce some of these votes and get people to actually watch the football games. Um, I know both you and I were like, why is Kenneth Walker not in mm-hmm. <laughs> New York for the Heisman ceremony? Like, if you watch the games, you were like, this guy's winning – Mel Tucker, all these games. And it was, like, very obvious at that time. But he yeah. was the most recent example of someone that got absolutely snubbed. And um, I, I, that's what I think is kind of sad about the award. But I will say I think J.J. finishes in the top five, probably fifth. Okay. Fair enough. You? I, um, no, I don't think so. I hope so, but I don't think so. I just – I'm in the – got to – I'll believe it when I see it camp. And that's not to do with J.J. McCarthy. That has to do with the Michigan offense. I just – I'll believe it when I see it. It seems like these last couple of years were just, yeah, but if they choose to air it out and they start getting more balanced, as you kind of keep hearing that word out of out of uh, camp here, I'll believe it when I see it. They got the two best running backs in the country, or at least the best tandem in the country, um, and the best offensive line in the country who's very, very deep. I will believe it when I see it, when they even let J.J. have a chance at throwing 30 touchdowns in a season. But prove me wrong, Jim. I would love, love to see that happen. So, um, all right, man. Well, Michigan football, football is on us, or upon us. This this coming weekend, this is our last season, or our last season, our last weekend without football. We <laughs> yeah, got week zero Saturday. football, right? Yeah, yeah, last Saturday without football. So, uh, for those of you keeping track, that's nine days now. Well, tomorrow will be nine. By the time you hear this podcast, it'll be nine days. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, can't can't wait for that. It's great to be back. Make sure 
that if you have not done so already, you like, follow, subscribe to the Garage Takes podcast, leave us a five-star review, positive comment goes a long way. Also, if you could do us a huge favor, subscribe to that YouTube channel, share it out. If you think we shared something interesting, share it on your share it out on your social media. We greatly appreciate um, anybody who's supporting us in, in any way that you can. So on that note, we look forward to being back soon next week for season three, episode three. See you next time. Powered by Riverside.